Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera. Pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera. Pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Joy 99.7 FM here in a crying Kumasi on Love 99.5 FM. This is News Night. Coming up in this edition, Western Regional Security Council puts the spotlight on STA at Sam's Enterprise as it sets up a nine-member committee to investigate the cause of the Kobina Andokrum quarry explosion that killed five people on Saturday. We also want to establish whether the company was up to speed with its own safety guidelines and licensing that they are supposed to go through. And we also would like to know whether the company had authorization to store those um, explosives. Also tonight's Minerals Commission says the activities of the company was illegal following its preliminary checks on the company plus its operations. The person or the enterprise do not have all the necessary documentation approvals to do this kind of thing. I mean, if my inspectors are telling me that it is the same place that the people were living, nobody will have permitted that. If this happened, it is because it is an illegal operation. We bring you live updates from the area. Also, President Akufado fights back claims he's a clearing agent as he insists he will only act with due process when allegations of corruption are made against his appointees. None of the accountability institutions of state, including the new Office of Special Prosecutor, have ever indicated any pressure from the executive. There are some who refuse to accept my method of proceeding and have characterized me as a clearing agent. We have details from the bar conference where the association has been demanding the swift passage of the Code of Conduct for Public Officers Bill. The GBA looks forward to the swift passage of the Conduct of Public Officers Bill, which we believe will ensure and instill a culture of accountability and integrity amongst public officers. Also tonight, former President Mahama describes the Supreme Court's inability to set a date to hear an interlocutory injunction against the Electoral Commission as an act that will erode public confidence in the justice delivery system. We'll get to hear from the ECA, which says it has no intention of creating additional centers for the limited registration exercise, which starts tomorrow. The, the discussions and the analysis we've done, we are very much convinced that Ghanaians who want to register and take part in the different level elections this year, and those who want, also want to register in 2024, and they are already 18, they will come in their numbers to come and register. We have details of that also in business. Ghana reaffirms commitment to meet all convergence criteria required to roll out West African single currency, ECO. And in sports, French star Paul Pogba faces up to four-year ban from football after failing a drug test. We'll bring you details shortly. And as IGP Dr. George Kufudampari prepares to face his accusers tomorrow in plot to oust him, Chairman of Parliament's ad hoc committee assures the committee will be fair and firm. Grave allegations have been made against him, but we won't sit down for the IGP to be disgraced and insulted without giving him a hearing. What if the IGP does not show up? Oh, I do not believe he will disrespect the constitution. And he has a scripture ahead of the scheduled in-camera hearing for all the witnesses. I want to say to everybody that you shall not lay a false charge against your neighbor. It's part of the Ten Commandments. Do not 
in the name of power, wealth, any other consideration, lie in material particular against your neighbor. It has spiritual consequences. That's it more in tonight's edition of Newsnight. Please do all to join us with your thoughts and comment via WhatsApp is 055 I am MFA Apau. We are live also on Facebook, Xpaces, and myjoyonline.com. You can tweet at us with a hashtag Newsnight. Thanks for your company. We are your home of independent, fearless, and credible journalism. Let's get updates on um, this weekend's explosion in Kobna and Okrom. Well, tonight we're learning that the Western Regional Security Council has launched a formal investigation into the activities of STA at Sam's Enterprise following that tragic quarry explosion that claimed the lives of five individuals on Saturday. The quarry site in question was being operated by a Chinese company which had reportedly not completed completed the necessary processes to legally conduct quarry operations. Well, the council chaired by the Western Regional Minister, Kwabna Otreda Komensa, tasked the investigative committee to look into the dealings of the company and unravel the cause of this particular explosion. We'll get to hear from him shortly, but first, listen to the Chief Executive of the Minerals Commission, Martin Aisi, who, after inspecting the explosion site, admitted that the company was operating without proper documentation. What is illegal yeah. is illegal. It's as simple as that. It's like this Galamse site. It's an illegal site. When you pick intelligence, what do you do? You go there and try to stop them. If you need security help, you provide them. Eh? So it, the, the person or the enterprise do not have all the necessary documentation approvals to do this kind of thing. Because if, if it was a properly permitted activity, we don't have, I mean, how do you store whatever led to, you know, if I can call it explosives for now, whatever led to the, the, the explosion. I mean, if my inspectors are telling me that it is the same place that the people were living, nobody will have permitted that. Because in the first way, Ubeye Bibisa now said, you have an expertise site to tell you, you cannot store it here, you cannot store it here, you can store it here. We have to build a magazine. You have to inspect, permit it, what type of explosives, all those things. It's, 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 it, the law is quite, you know, strict on that. So if this happened, it is because it is an illegal operation, but at least I, I take pride in the fact that the inspectors came to stop them, that they cannot do it. And then uh, maybe they had smarted them and all those. And then they have a very effective Sun Winners Inquiry Association in time that work with the police and the commission. So I don't know whether that's why they were doing things in the night or whatever. We can't tell. The, as I said, the full investigations will At least for now, as far as our records are concerned, they are not, they are not permitted. Well, that's Martin AEC, CEO of the Minerals Commission. We can hear uh, from the head of the Environmental Protection Agency, the EPA, Kwabna Kokofu, says they are in the process of prosecuting mining companies who have flouted environmental laws. Environmental Protection Agency permits come with what we call schedule. And in the schedules, there are conditions. Uh, all these are uh, what are flouted uh, day in and day out. Once we catch you, uh, we have to apply maybe administrative sanctions and possibly put before the court of law. And um, that's what I said. Uh, we are in the process of uh, getting some more companies arraigned before court for having flouting environmental uh, rules and regulations. People in Ghana uh, assume uh, environmental crime and offenses as victimless so they can carry it out and without any shred of fear and all that. That perception is true and it must be changed. Environmental offenses and crimes, people get victimized when and after the harm has already been done. 
Well, uh, we'll get to hear from uh, members of the Mines and Energy Committee in Parliament on this. They have actually fingered the EPA and the Minerals Commission for negligence in this and that they ought to be sanctioned as well. But well, let me um, take you to the region. And thankfully, uh, we're privileged to be joined on the phone by the Western Regional Minister himself, Mr. Kwabnao Chudakumensa. Thank you so much for your time here on Newsnight. So I know you've set up a committee. We'll get into it. But rather sad situation that we witnessed on Saturday. First of all, what would you say uh, is the latest pay your briefings as we speak this evening? Um, the latest is that uh, five people died and then we have five at the hospital. And that's the latest. Mm. Um, the other um, issue is that we've also gotten some visitation from EPA and Minerals Commission and then we have also set up the committee to investigate one the circumstances surrounding uh, what has happened. Because you know that the Regional Security Council is basically uh, responsible for life and property. So when such things happen, it's our responsibility to investigate and see uh, the circumstances that has led to this. So we put together a rep from the RCC, the EPA, the Minerals Commission, uh, the Police Fire Service, uh, and then NADMO. And then we have the Assemblyman also included um, on the committee. So that's the latest um, we have. And then the next uh, three weeks, we expect the report to be out so that the various agencies that need to play a key role in making sure this doesn't happen again um, are sorted out. And your team is confident that three weeks is enough for this uh, committee uh, to unravel all that led to this particular explosion? Yes, because you know that preliminary, um, the Minerals Commission had made it clear that they have not issued license to them. And then, um, two, if you look at the report they represented to us, um, and based on the information I got yesterday when I visited the site, um, I believe that when we add the investigation that is going on, we should be able to unravel it in the shortest possible time. But ahead of that, were you surprised to hear that this particular company had not completed the necessary processes to actually be conducting quarry operations in the area? Um, you know that that place used to be an old quarry, mm. which has been bought by another person. So I was surprised that they have not completed um, their process. And so this is a, a matter of investigation as well, that the, the, the nine-member committee will be taking a look at. Is that the case? Yes. And then I think that the other thing is that there's an off-site. It's not a mine in a community. Mm. And I believe that that is why we also didn't suffer a lot of losses. Okay. But uh, we are told that the three Chinese nationals who are supposed to be in charge of this particular company cannot be found. Is it the case that um, something may have happened to them or they're actually on the run? What are we establishing? Um, I, I suspect they're on the run. I suspect they're on the run. But we should wait for the investigation. Mm. And uh, are we looking for them? What exactly are the measures in place? Yes, the police how... are looking for them. The BNI is also looking for them. NID, as we call them today. But what would residents be looking out for such that they can help in finding these nationals who are on the run? Pictures. Oh, I think that exactly. those that are coming to contact with them prior uh, will even be the best persons to identify them when they see them anywhere. So this may lead They'll be giving some clues to the police to assist them in the investigation and also apprehend the culprit. Mm. But what's the status of um, the five who are getting medical attention? I'm, to, I'm not talking about the site even yet. We'll talk about the site, but I'm talking about the five persons who are getting medical attention as we speak. What's their status? Um, one of them is in physical condition, but the, the rest will believe that um, they, should, they are fine. Mm. Well, but um, the site, since you, you, you brought it up as well, um, you say it's been closed permanently? Yes, yes. yes. Mm. But um, residents who may have been displaced, I don't know, I'm sure um, we've heard that some of the residents were displaced. Are we getting attention for them? What exactly is the plan? Um, the Minerals Commission was in. Um, we have offered to support uh, whatever dislocation or any uh, Properties that have been uh, damaged or something, and they have offered to offer immediate support to such uh, people and property. 
Well, we are grateful and uh, we are looking out for this. But really, uh, from uh, the Regional Security Council meeting uh, that was held um, earlier, uh, would you say there were some major concerns really uh, for the council uh, when it comes to this particular uh, you know, incident? Okay. Ms. Ochidako, can you hear me? Okay, it appears that um, we don't have Kwabnochri um, Daku. Uh, but let me bring in the NADMO, uh, NADMO uh, director, the Shama district director of NADMO, Michael Nyan, at least. Um, he's also been leading uh, this particular rescue operation, such uh, operation in the area following this quarry. Well, so, um, Mr. Nyan, thank you so much uh, for joining us here on Newsnight. So it's well over 40 hours um, searching for survivors and injured. Would you say that has ended officially? Oh, it has not been ended officially still. We have missing three Chinese nationals. So we are searching for these people. So the, 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 we, we haven't finished yet until, until we find those bodies or those persons. Mm. These three Chinese nationals, NADMO is of the view that they are not on the run. They may have been trapped under the rubble. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, the HR manager of the company has tried their enormous and it is not going. The any means of getting trapping them is not available. So automatically they have been trapped. So we are looking for, 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 for their bodies and if we we, we, we we found them alive to then we thank God. And how long will this search continue, you'd say? Until we find them. Mm. Yesterday, today, tomorrow, to you, 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 you search for them. And you're ruling out the possibility that they could be on the run? Uh, the, 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 it's, it's 30%. You see, the probability of getting them alive is less, even less than 30%. Mm. It's even less than 30%. Because when you come and see how the devastator for the area, you'll be, you'll be amazed. Mm. So probability of getting them alive, my sister, I'm afraid. Mm. Well, but Mr. Nyan, in terms of survivors and those who've been displaced as a result of the explosion, how is NADMO um, coping with the situation? The survivors. Exactly. And those who have been displaced as a result. Okay. You see, uh, survivors, are we talking about the injured one or those who, 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 who didn't uh, have any injured but they are, they are, they are, they are safe? Exactly. They don't have uh, anywhere to okay. be. Okay. Mm -hmm. As for that, they are in charge of, they are, they are in the hands of their company. Uh, but the NADMO with the uh, MCE or DC and the, my original director is putting their heads together and, 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 and come out with something. Because as I'm speaking, as I'm speaking to you now, NADMO is district. We don't have anything in our store. So if any case, we have to call, contact our regional director to see how best he can come to the aid of Nadu Ashama so that we too can assist the, 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 the survival one. Mm, but how come Shama District Nadmo, you have nothing in your store? Why? After that, that, my sister, you have to talk it later. Let's talk it later. Okay. We don't have it. So I can't, I can't do anything about it. Simply, we don't have it. For how long? For how long have you had nothing in your store? Uh, it's been a while. So then how do you operate at that level? Sometimes when it's happened like that, we fall on the region, and the region, if region have something, they, they will give us something. If they don't have, they also fall on national, and if national have, they also give them something. Mm. I could remember uh, last year we had Tidal with disaster at one of the communities. It was my national director who brought relief items from Accra, saved from Accra. Mm. So that is it. That's a rather sad situation for Shama, isn't it? Oh, it's not only Shama. I hope so. Okay. But we are, we are managing. Okay, Mr. Nyan. So if you are managing, then how are the survivors going to uh, manage as well? Do you have anything? That's why I've told you that 
as for that one, uh, the, 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 the managers of the company, they have to. They have to. And as I told you earlier, yesterday this issue came up. So my, my, my DCE and uh, my regional director of NADMO put their heads together. And I think by the end of today or tomorrow, that something positive will come out. Okay. But um, on these Chinese nationals and the search for them, have we had any assistance whatsoever from the Chinese embassy to help find their nationals? Have, we, have they reached out in any way, you'd say? Yes. Today, we had, when we had the search, we had uh, some Chinese persons. So when we contacted them, they said they are from a, a Chinese uh, embassy in Ghana. They have heard the news, so they are coming there themselves to check. So they came. I took them around, and they were in hurry, so they joined their car, and that is the end. And they left? They left. Okay. Well, Ms. Anyan, I will stay in touch with you on this particular situation. Wish you all the best in the, the rescue mission. We are grateful. That's um, the Shamar District Director of NADMO, Michael Nyande. Earlier, we also heard from the Western Regional Minister, Kwabna Ochredako Mensa. You're still listening to Newsnight here on Joy 99.7 FM. You are in the Shamar area and you want to reach us to us. You can do that via WhatsApp is 055 On all our social media platforms also, uh, you can post your comments there will harvest them shortly. But let's do some other stories now. And President Akofado is tonight fighting back accusations that he's a clearing agent who has been clearing his appointees of corruption. The NDC in particular have accused the president of failing to deal with allegations of corruption made against his appointees. But speaking at the bar conference in Cape Coast today, the president argued he would only act against his appointees when there are concrete evidence against them. None of the accountability institutions of state including the new Office of Special Prosecutor, have ever indicated any pressure from the executive over their investigations. There are some who refuse to accept my method of proceeding and have characterized me as a clearing agent. Nation <laughs> of the public official. For my part, I will not set aside due process corruption. No matter how much opprobrium, no matter how much opprobrium this incurs for me. With a clear understanding that corruption thrives conduct gets in concealment, and that access to information is a vital tool in the fight against corruption. Well, so that's uh, President Kofado. Meanwhile, President of the Ghana Bar Association, Yao Boafo Echampong, says government must stop paying lip service to the Code of Public Officers Bill and get it passed immediately. The GBA looks forward to the swift passage of the Conduct of Public Officers Bill, which we believe will ensure and instill a culture of accountability and integrity amongst public officers. We call on government and parliament to prioritize and work closely together in making it a reality, enough of the lip service. Mr. President, the GBA will remind you of a public undertaking in December 2016, following your election as the fifth president of the Fourth Republic thus. If your goal in coming into government is to enrich yourself, then don't come. Go to the private sector. Public service is going to be exactly that, public service. This undertaking gave hope to Ghanaians of the emergence of a new dawn of politics. However, it is our respectful view that corruption-related incidents involving some of your appointees and also amongst some public officers under your administration and the largely lethargic manner with which they are dealt with and even defended and protected leaves a lot to be desired. We know that earlier issues about the judiciary came up. Um, uh, the Chief Justice herself raised concerns about it. Also, um, we had former, we had the President of the Republic, Nanado Dankwa Kofado, also in, and that's what we've been talking about on Top Story. But thankfully, the issue about illegal mining also came up, and Yaobuafwe Champon wants government to go after the big names involved in the activities. The harmful effects of Galamsey are all around us. They are ubiquitous, for which we cannot gloss over. Lands for the cultivation of staple food and cash crops have been affected. 
the Pediatric Society of Ghana in a recent statement by its president, Dr. John A. Apia, has established from studies how, Galam, how the Galamse menace is contributing to deaths among children, as well as cognitive defects which affect their school performance and suspected to cause congenital malformations. Despite the efforts and assurance of government to deal with the menace, there appeared to be a general consensus that not much has been done to effectively and roundly deal with it. The GBA holds the view that a lot more can be done to effectively deal with the menace. That poses a threat to our survival, especially in this period of climate change concerns. We call on government, political leadership, and key stakeholders to show more political will and integrity in decisively dealing with the Galamse menace. This can be done if the real powers behind the Galamse menace are identified and dealt with in accordance with law. Well, my colleague Richard Kojunyako is back in the central region for the Bar Conference 2023. Richard, I'll start off from uh, the illegal mining note, um, the, the address by the president on this. What would you say was the reaction? Well, so um, largely a lot of people applauded uh, this particular comment. Um, Consensus-wise, they feel that uh, nothing much has been achieved in terms of the illegal mining. And the comment by the president of the Ghana Bar Association indicated that those who are in the pit in our water bodies, those who are engaged in the activity, they are not the ones that they should go after. But there are powerful political forces, people that are highly connected. They are the ones that the state institutions, the people that have been clothed with powers, they ought to go after these people. Once they're able to take a decisive step towards arresting and bringing these people to book, the menace of Galamse will be over. Mm. Well, but it's just day one of um, the week-long bar conference, and it's been a fiery day. What else did we miss, you'd say? Well, so um, there were other reactions to what the president has been saying. In fact, I met uh, lawyer um, Chris Akume, who has been describing the president's comment as very unfortunate. He feels that um, the platform that the GBA gave the president was not utilized um, very well because the president essentially and the attorney general um, used the occasion for some partisan political comment that ended up campaigning for the MPP and they feel that uh, the president should have acted better. And that's my colleague Richard Kodunyako reporting from the Bar Conference in the Central Region. And in the next 24 hours, Ghana's IGP, Dr. George Akufudampari, will face persons who have been accused of plotting to remove him in a leaked tape which is now a subject of investigation by Parliament's ad hoc committee. Ahead of the in-camera hearing, Chairman of the Seven-Member Committee, which has so far had testimonies from Chief Bugri Nabu, Superintendent Emmanuel Eric J.B., COP George Alexander Mensah, and Superintendent George Asari says equal opportunity will be given to all sides. Here are excerpts of my conversation with him on the probe on the Joy News channel. On Tuesday, all the individuals who had done what I would call the preliminary um, talking on oath will come back with their lawyers. Chief Pugrinabu, Chief P. Alexis, yes. George Mensah, yes. Manuel JB, yes. George Asari. Sure, the four of them, mm -hmm. they should come back uh, with their lawyers. And also, the most prominent person whose name is being bandied about, the IGP himself. So the IGP himself should also come with his lawyers. On Tuesday? On Tuesday. An invitation has been sent to him already? We've sent every invitation to all those who matter. We're giving them all the videos that we have transcribed on paper. You're giving the transcription to them. We've also done what is very, very needful. All the proceedings captured so far, we've given it to them. So that they will know who said what and who said what before they appear before Why us. Why specifically do you need the IGP in all this? Really? Well, because grave allegations have been made against him. Grave of serious consequences. And I kept telling people that the, the, the committee is not the forum to appoint an IGP. That's the first instance. And we do not have malice aforethought against the IGP. The IGP's distraction is no benefit to the committee. But we won't sit down for the IGP to be disgraced and insulted without giving him a hearing. And by inviting him to, does it not hurt the institution, the Ghana Police Service and all? 
No. That's the thought of some people. Well, that, that, that is very banal because, you see, if we give the IGP the opportunity to hallow his name, then that is the way democracy should go. But that, his image, the, the reason why you are inviting him, we had all that in public. Yes. Now you are giving him the opportunity to hallow his name in camera. Yes, because of what we consider as national security consideration. If it becomes very necessary to let the IGP speak to the cameras, why not? I'm saying that... At what point will it become necessary? Because after, most of the allegations were made in public. Well... It's out there already. Well, the, the, the allegations have been made, some serious allegations have been made in public. Mm -hmm. But the substance of the allegations have not been made in public. That is to say, the evidential support for those allegations, what we are going on it. So which, I mean, piece of evidence should we give to the public that will not hurt national security? We'll exercise that discretion. Okay, so this Tuesday will be the final leg, or it would... It should, well, we'll see how it pans out, but it's going to be a very serious engagement because all of them will be seated. Mm. What if the IGP does not show up? Oh, I do not believe he will disrespect the Constitution. You see, his appointment is premised on the Constitution. And therefore, if there's a constitutional undertaking that he should respect, I don't believe anybody, even his lawyers, will advise him that disrespect um, um, a committee of parliament. Mind you, it's like the committee of parliament is an extension of the parliament. Mm. And, and if you can bring ministers of the executive to be interrogated in par parliament, increased why would the IGP say I'm above the constitution so I credit him with a lot of soundness he's one person I, I respect also I mean he's not a little man if you look at his credentials so I don't believe it will come there that the IGP will say that I am not going to come to the parliament when he has the whole opportunity to hallow his name will it be a wholesale approach sort of that will have all the other four witnesses there, whilst the IGP um, is also interrogated by the committee. So there, there, there is no, separate. There is no and no, not, nothing more ennobling to face your accusers. Mm. There's nothing which is redemptive. That, oh, this is what you were saying about this man. This man is going to say something about it. He goes on to uh, put his case across. Mm. If you believe he should be cross-examined, you should cross-examine him. He's here physically. I do not see anything which is so helpful to the system and the establishment and even to the media and the general public than to give an opportunity for people who are making very serious allegations to repeat the allegations before the most prominent person in the center of this activity, the IGP. And you also have the opportunity to ask them questions. Okay. And they will glean meaning and substance from the, if you like, the crossfire, if you want to call it that way. How long will we be shut out? From this whole process well public as a media we're all interested how long are you going to shut us out well maybe let's give ourselves about three hours mm -hmm. of a shutout depending on you know lawyers could also be very um laborious and tedious in the way they want to present their matters and we'll see but i think when is necessary for the public to come into the space why not mm public will come to the space. But when it is frightening that what is ongoing is not good for national security, we have to shut the public out. That's Chairman of Parliament's Ad Hoc Committee, Samuel Atachia, there, giving us the modalities for Tuesday and the IGP suspected um, to be in that particular in-camera hearing together with the other four um, who have already um, given their testimonies to the committee. He's also been established in the terms of reference of the committee, six of them, um, and he's been raising concerns about um, the concerns that have been raised by people as to why they are still going ahead when indeed the authenticity of the leaked audio recording has been established already. So amongst others, they are also to investigate the conspiracy to remove the current IGP. They are also to investigate any other matter contained in the audio recording, recommend sanctions for persons found culpable where appropriate, and also make recommendations for reforms where necessary, and then make such other recommendations and consequential orders as the committee might deem fit. Let's touch base with Alfred Papadakwa, his lawyer uh, for Superintendent George Asari. Thank you so much uh, for joining us here on Newsnight. Your team ready for the crossfire tomorrow 
Good evening, um, and good evening to your listeners. Yes, I think um, we have been given the entire proceedings of um, the committee. We have also been given a transcript uh, of the audio. Um, we, ha- we have what we have uh, now, which we think is very important. So tomorrow we will be ready. We have not been told how uh, the modalities would be, but we are open to whatever that comes. When you talk about the audio that you have, because we are learning also that there's another audio before the committee, do you have both or is still the one that is in the public domain? No, we've gone beyond that. We've mm. gone beyond that. I mean, we, we have the comprehensive one. So Okay. Well, but um, from uh, your camp, at least you've been listening um, to the chairman. You are talking about the modalities. We are told that you all get to face uh, the man that uh, the accusations have been leveled against, which is the IGP. Amidst the issues about the interdiction and reversal of the interdiction, uh, from what you've spoken to Superintendent George Asar, he's ready to face his boss? He's ready to testify. You know, I always do not want us to personalize it. He's ready to testify. You know, he, there are certain uh, allegations that were made. Unfortunately, some of these things were ought to have been made in, in camera. But, I mean, these things, sometimes the way it goes, you cannot control the emotions of the witnesses. So by the time you say, Jack, some things have already been said in the public domain. And um, this time around, he's going to give further and better particulars of some of the things that uh, he alluded to. So hopefully tomorrow is going to be a showdown. It will be a showdown. Um, no fear of intimidation at all, you would say? You know, where we've got into, you know, the police service by their suspension uh, of the uh, uh, interdiction. You know, if you look at the letter that they, they gave out, they, they, put, they put out, that they have suspended the interdiction pending the completion of the parliamentary hearing. It means that, I mean, they have already determined that whether after completion they are going to proceed with interdiction. So as it is now, we are determined to prove our uh, case. The witness is determined to say what, uh, I mean, give evidence to what some of the things that he said. So with regard to intimidation, I don't think there's a turning back now. There's no turning back now. You drink deep or you taste not. Well, we look forward uh, to that showdown tomorrow then. We wish you all the best. Thank you so much uh, for your time. Right, sure. That's Thank Alfred you. Papa Dakwa. He's lawyer for Superintendent George Asari. Beverly Broom is here in the studios with business. Of course, you don't have any showdown for me. No. Okay, <laughs> what's in business, Beverly? Welcome to the business news on News Nights, brought to you by MTN, Kingdom Books and Stationery, Syntex Tanks, and Pepsodent Charcoal and Herbal. Coming up tonight, Ghana reaffirms commitment to meet all convergence criteria required to roll out West African single currency eco. Also, Ghana Hotels Association petitions Speaker of Parliament over what they says unfair treatment from the PURC in increasing water and electricity tariffs. We have details after this break. Yes, in some points, Momo Pay, or you say Momo up. Send with ease and win big. You be metal to all, you be Momo user. Momo season, Abanti, send the Bibia. Send the Bibia, Momo season, Abanti, send the Bibia. From now till the end of September, end points when you download the Momo app and make Momo Pay transactions to a merchant via either the QR code or merchant ID and stand the chance of winning a thousand Ghana CDs weekly and other amazing prizes. Our merchants are not left out. Receive payment and win. There are lots and lots of exciting prizes to be won. So download the Momo app, transact with Momo Pay, and get rewarded this Momo season. TNCs apply. MTN. 
Hooray! The Kingdom Books and Stationery Limited's Back to School promotion is here with us once again. From the 4th of September to the 31st of October 2023, Kingdom Books and Stationery Limited is giving a generous 10% to 15% discount on all school items like textbooks, pens, pencils, erasers, exercise books, and so much more across all our branches in Accra, Tema, Kumasi, Takradi, Winnebine, Cape Coast. Parents, teachers, and students, please hurry while stock lasts. For more information, call us on 0302-764-101 or 0302-764-209 or email info at kingdomgh.com. You can also visit our website, www.kingdomgh.com. Kingdom Books, where quality and affordability are both assured. Terms and conditions apply. Luxurious affordable living is your right, and no one understands it better than BOT Properties. BOT Properties specializes in modern residential buildings and commercial office spaces. Our properties include the Equator, a 12-story made up of over 100 apartments near Accra Mall. At the Equator Courts, we offer you the deluxe living experience with our top-of-the-range homes, high-quality homes built with style and precision to suit your lifestyle. The Equator Courts is a gated community with two story four-bedroom detached houses at Ubuju Islegon near American House. Our office complexes include Zion House, Shiashi Islegon, Zion House, Sofaline Interchange, Kumase. Our offices and apartments are for both rental and outright purchases at affordable prices and with flexible payment terms. Kindly contact us on 0257-960-919 or visit botproperties.com. BOT Properties, the new meaning of affordable luxury. No matter your water needs, Syntex has it all. Syntex Tank was first to introduce double-layer tank, and now you can have as many layers as you want. Syntex Tank was first to introduce white inner layer tanks in Ghana, and now introduces the customer specs order, which will let you order any color and size you want. Syntex Tank gives you the biggest warranty of seven years, which no other tank gives you. So whatever your water consumption, size of project, or demand, choose Syntex Tank. Syntex Tank, stress-free. Syntex Tank, reliable. Syntex Tank, maximum guarantee. Call 0244-335-168. Kumasi 0505-555-666. Or visit SyntexGH.com. Syntex Tank, a year strong, a year tough. Yeah, yeah. Pepsodent Heba and a Pepsodent Taco. Avedie, you're going to natural. FDRJ, you're going to get Thanks for staying with us. Let's do business now. And the government has assured that it is working to return the country to economic stability in order to meet all the convergence criteria for the implementation of the common currency, ECO. The ECO currency was originally scheduled to come into circulation in 2020, but was suspended due to the outbreak of the COVID-19 pandemic and rescheduled to 2027. Speaking at the official opening of the 53rd Technical Committee, of the West African Monetary Zone meeting in Accra, Chief Director of the Ministry of Finance, who spoke on behalf of the Finance Minister, Ken Furiata, showed that Ghana is still on course for the West African single currency project expected. We are determined to stay inflation back within the medium-term target of 8 plus 2%. Distinguished delegates, let me take this opportunity to reaffirm Ghana's commitment to the ECOWAS single currency project. Despite our recent economic challenges, Ghana's performance on the harmonized conventions criteria has always been above average. We assure you that these challenges will be reversed and sustained economic stability re-established. I wish 
to extend my sincere appreciation to all the distinguished delegates of the Technical Committee for the collaboration and support during these critical periods. Eva Menz is the chief director at the Ministry of Finance. Meanwhile, economist Professor Peter Quarte is of the view that most West African countries will not be able to meet the convergence criteria by 2027 for the rollout of the single currency eco. I think we should tread cautiously uh, with this um, eco. In as much as it will lead to trade, it will lead to reduction in cost of transacting across the, sub, the, the continent or the sub-region, I think we are far from reaching that target and therefore ought to be cautious. Uh, we heard from uh, the uh, meeting that not many have been able to even meet the primary convergence criteria. And in fact, since this discussion started, no single country, to the best of my knowledge, has been able to meet the primary convergence criteria consistently for three years. So it's something that, yes, it is good, but let's tread cautiously. Economist Professor Peter Quarte there. Now, GCB Bank says the Ghanaian banking industry is recovering from the negative impact of the domestic debt exchange program. Speaking to Joy Business after co-organizing a golf competition with the UK Ghana Chamber of Commerce, Deputy Managing Director in charge of operations at GCB Bank, Emmanuel Odati Lamte said GCB Bank will maintain its solid brand identity that would enable the bank deliver results for customers and shareholders. I think the banking sector um, have seen uh, solid growth after post-DDEP. At the end of last year, obviously, banks posted losses. But post-DDEP, the we've seen balance, uh, balance sheet of banks expand. In fact, the banking opportunities in our country remains very high. And as we all know, banks play a very critical role in the economic development of the country. And GTB over the past seven decades has contributed immensely by supporting governments in terms of revenue collections. Uh, we're able to, able to, clients are able to pay their taxes through our branches and through our digital channels. Now, the Ghana Hotels Association has petitioned the Speaker of Parliament over what it describes as unfair treatment by the Public Utilities Regulatory Commission. According to the association, the PRC has unfairly increased water and electricity tariffs for its members, making it difficult for them to operate. Dr. Edward Akanyamika Jr. is the president of the Ghana Hotels Association. He explains the reasons behind the petition. First of all, to get the PRC to revert the 167% tariff increase for water for February, March, April, and May. Secondly, we also want the speaker to seek justification from the PRC on why they have migrated hotels from the non-residential category to the commercial category. And thirdly, we also want the speaker to get a PRC to ensure that there is proper stakeholder engagement in future uh, discussion on tariffs. On that note, we end business on News Night, brought to you by MTN, Kingdom Books and Stationery, Syntex Tank, and Pepsod and Charcoal and Hebel. MFA, over to you. Hello, Beverly. <laughs> I'll see you on TV soon. Right. Have a good evening. Well, let's do some of your messages and then we'll bring in Musbal with the latest from the world of Port. And uh, this one from Nana Ekuyamwa Boating in Ablikuma Central. It says, indeed, President uh, couldn't have said it better as he did. We have bastardized the executives, parliament, and other state institutions. And now John Mahama is leading the crusade to bring down our judiciary to the low level. Ghanaians will not give JM the chance to stack our judiciary with NDC um, stock. Okay, with NDC members. Well, uh, we have this one also. Um, Okay, I'm not getting that from you, Senna. And uh, we have one from Musa Abatwa in Aswase. And he says, any serious country won't tolerate such conduct from these police officers and their attitude to do not conform to professionalism. They are disgruntled police officers and their conduct are similar. Okay, well, so that's the Musa Abatwa, your message. We have one also, um, NADMO offices across the country are all drawing salaries for no work done. Their stores are all empty to the bone. You didn't add any name to this one. And uh, the GBA's president, there's another one from Samin Kumasi. The GBA's president has spoken well, but my only wish uh, that his or wishes are that he appeals 
um, his appeal concerning illegal mining leading to wanton destruction of the vegetation is giving attention by those whose duty it is to terminate the activities of illegal mining. Same in Kumasi, well received. Thank you so much for your message. And uh, we have this one also uh, from Isa Tamimu Mboko. It says the Ghana Bar Association has now turned itself as an NPP affiliate organ. The reason for making the conference a campaign ground, President Akofado and other NPP officials tend to attack President Mahama. Well, we've been hearing from Sevia Kuje, who speaks for the Ghana Bar Association on condemning any, uh, the use of their platform for any political activities. Well, the GBA allowed against government that when NDC is in power and virtually quiet when NPP is in power with even worse things happening. That's Frank in Accra, your message. I have one from Lincoln in Akwetiman. President Akufuado is still campaigning against JDM after imposing hardship in the country. That's your question. And more of the messages I'm still um, going through, some of them. But let me bring in Musbao, latest from the world of sports. Hello, Musbao. Hello, MFA. Well, of course, uh, over the weekend, we all woke up to the news that uh, our, our popular, probably most popular boxer, Freezy McBones. Freezy McBones. <laughs> Freezy McBones lost his bow to a Senegalese boxer in the <laughs> ongoing Olympic Games qualification uh, happening in Senegal. And he's been speaking for the very first time. And he says, well, he's not perturbed by the criticisms that he has received. And he's focused on uh, the upcoming qualification bouts. And he's hoping that he'll make it for the Olympic Games. Never lost freezing, no freezing. I always aggressive and go forward and get the win. You know what I'm saying? But like I said, in the focus of the sometimes he comes with empty handed. You know, so this time if I come home with empty handed, and it's so funny, like this is something I was so so put my mind onto it. Because this, this is uh, for Africa Championship, right? And this also um at the end of the of the competition, you're gonna win gold. So it's not overhyped, but like I said, people have a title to say whatever they want to say. So that is their own problem. Yep. Freezy so, McBones. Freezy McBones. He <laughs> dropped one proverb there. I'm not sure if he got it. He said it's not always that a hunter goes into the forest and brings comes home with a with meat. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> so this time it was instead. But another, you know, uh, this time football star uh, is in the news and uh, very troubling time for him. Paul Pogba. Well, he has tested positive in a standard doping test following Juventus' recent Serie A match against Udinese. And according to the authorities, the Juventus midfielder was subject to the test following the opening day game which ended 3-0 for the Turin side. Now the French player did not play a single minute of the match but was still required to take the test and it is reported there were elevated levels of testosterone. Now the 30-year-old who has played just 52 minutes for uh, the Juventus is uh, so far this campaign was looking to bounce back after suffering through an injury-plagued season last time out. Now uh, if the reports are confirmed, uh, we understand that the player will be suspended as a precautionary measure and will have three days to request a second look at the tests. Now uh, the ban for doping could be up to two years though it could also be extended to four years if it is proven that he indeed did it on purpose. So that's a very troubling time for Paul Pogba. But uh, in tennis, of course, um, the, the, the Coco Goff is, is the name on the lips of everybody at the Coco, moment. 19-year-old Coco Goff who made history for herself. Well, she's been paying tribute to Serena Williams and uh, sister Venus Williams following her triumph. And the teen, of course, recovered from a set down to defeat Arena Sabalenka 2-6, 2 to win her first Grand Slam of her career. And of course, uh, she followed in the legendary footsteps of the Williams sisters as she became the 14th American woman in the Open era to win the U.S. Open. And she's also the first American teenager since Serena Williams to be crowned champion at the Flushing Meadows. Now, during her post-match press conference, she credited uh, the legendary sibling duo for overcoming adversity and paving the way for the next generation of black tennis players. I mean, they're the... That they're the reason why I have this trophy today, to be honest. They've allowed me to believe in this dream. You know, growing up, um, you know, there wasn't too many just black tennis players dominating the sport. It was literally, I mean, 
at that time when I was younger, it was just them that I can remember. And obviously more came because of their, their legacy. So it made the dream more believable. Um, but all the things that they had to go through, um, they made it easier for someone like me to do this. Um, I mean, you look back at the history with the Indian Wells, with Serena, all she had to go through, Venus fighting for equal pay. Um, yeah, it's just like, it's crazy. And it's an honor to be in that kind of lineup and as them. And I'm looking at it. Yeah. So that's uh, Coco Golf there. Well, finally, let me leave you with uh, Novak Djokovic. And after becoming, you know, some say he is at the moment the greatest tennis player of all time as far as the men's single is concerned, uh, 24 Grand Slam titles. Is he going to retire? Is Djokovic going to retire? Mm-hmm. That was the question to him. And this was his response. Yeah. Occasionally asking myself, why do I need this still at this stage after all I've done? You know, how long do I want to keep going? I do have these questions in my head, of course. Uh, but knowing that I play at a, such a high level still and I win the biggest tournaments in a sport, yeah, I don't want to get uh, rid of this sport or I don't want to leave this sport if I'm still at the top, you know, if I'm still playing the way I'm playing. That's uh, Novak Djokovic there at the moment, the greatest tennis player of all time, 20 four Grand Slam titles. Uh, that's that's uh, that's incredible. Really incredible for him. And um, yeah, I mean, great. <laughs> well, that's it for sports. Of course, tomorrow the Black Stars have a friendly game against Liberia at the Craft Sports Stadium. 4pm is the time. You can pass through there. Uh, no, there are tickets available. So just go <laughs> online and get some tickets for yourself. Absolute <laughs> okay. hairball and tackle. Every or smile. Blood. Yeah, matters. matters. Thank you very much, Musbao. Now, former President John Dramani Mahama has described the Supreme Court's inability to set a date to hear an interlocutory injunction against the Electoral Commission as an act that will erode public confidence in the justice delivery system. The position NDC, five other bodies and individuals have filed suit in court to stop the exercise, arguing the EC's decision to restrict the upcoming limited registration exercise to its 268 district offices will disenfranchise many voters, especially those living far from the district offices. After filing the case at the registry of the Supreme Court on Thursday, 7 September, the court is yet to set a date to hear the matter. The former president has issued a statement on this development. My colleague James Aveji um, joins me in studio with details of it. What more has he been saying? Yes, some of us. So he said, contrary to the time-bound um, practice of the registrar of the Supreme Court giving dates for applications to be moved, the registrar has, as of this afternoon, refused to provide a date for the application for interlocutory injunction filed against the Electoral Commission in relation to the Commission's decision to limit the upcoming voter uh, registration exercise to its district offices only. Uh, this, he said, is unprecedented and does not aga well for public confidence in the justice delivery system. He went ahead to cite an instance in 2012 uh, when a Ghanaian citizen decided uh, to challenge the creation of the 45 new constituencies. Uh, he said the Supreme Court had uh, was quick in determining that uh, very matter, mm-hmm. cited other instances where the Supreme, Supreme Court was actually timely in setting date to look at those issues. Uh, he concluded that quote, the EC starts the lopsided registration exercise tomorrow for which this process is being filed and yet we all know the famous mantra, justice delayed is justice denied. Thank you very much, James. Well, meanwhile, the Electoral Commission says he has no intention of creating additional centres for the limited registration exercise that will start tomorrow. We can hear from the Deputy Commissioner of the Electoral Commission, Dr. Bosman Asari. He says steps have been taken to capture all eligible voters. If there is any institution that is committed to ensuring that all eligible Ghanaians register to vote, that will be the Electoral Commission. And what the Electoral Commission is saying is that registration at the district level will achieve our our objective of ensuring a very credible register. The EC is an institution of the state. We roll this out. If there are challenges, we'll go back to the drawing board. But currently, the, the discussions and the analysis we've done, we are very much convinced that Ghanaians who want to register and take part in the district level elections this year and those who also want to register in 2024 and they are already 18, 
they will come in their numbers to come and register. But if we, we receive information contrary to that, the issue will go back to the drawing board. We are there for the good people of this country. But currently, on the basis of the evidence we have, we are convinced that registering at the district level will ensure the integrity of our register and Ghanaians will also come up in their numbers. That's Dr. Bosman Asari, and the exercise starts tomorrow. And just before we go, uh, we've been commemorating Suicide Prevention Day yesterday, and we're focusing on the 23-year-old medical student of the Kwame Nkrumah University of Science and Technology. She survived seven suicidal attempts. Emmanuel Brightquiku has been interacting with her. The good in me, I didn't see my worst. So I said, why don't I just end it? It all began when she moved from her preclinical studies to the more demanding clinical years at the medical school. The feeling of inferiority and the overwhelming academic load nearly pushed her to end it all. Yamansa, as I choose to call her, survived seven suicide attempts. School was quite competitive. I wasn't doing well. People were going far ahead of me, so I felt there was no way that I would do as well as they would. And I just kept harboring the feelings and kept growing the feelings of me never going to make it so well. Hers was to make people within her circle understand the troubles she endured. At that point, I just wanted everything to end. I wanted to um, harm myself also so that people would see that what I was going through was more painful than what they are seeing. I also just wanted to end things and be free because I was going through too much. Her story mirrors that of many victims of suicidal attempts across the country, especially tertiary students. As a fourth leading cause of deaths, suicide remains a global health concern, claiming more than 800,000 lives annually worldwide. Dr. Ruth Entry is president of the Psychiatry Association of Ghana. Out of the over 800,000 people that die by suicide yearly, and so people should be more caring. People should not stigmatize again people who are going through mental health challenges. And when you see someone changing attitude, when you see someone withdrawn, we should quickly pick the sign and get close to them uh, rather than being judgmental. Seeking mental health support is however plagued with a myriad of resource deficits affecting patient care. Yamansa says the inadequate human resource and infrastructure stifles access to confidential care. Because of the space that we have, the small size of the departments, um, you have one doctor, one patient here, and then right beside another person, so there's not much confidentiality. It would really help if the medication is always available and is also subsidized. Together, let's create hope through action. Always talk to somebody if you need help. Problem shared is half solved already. Suicide should never be the option. And that's how we end today's edition of Newsnight. I am MFA Apau. And unfortunately, we are not able to bring you, that's my opinion. Abiku would rather bring you some good music. Please do stay on Joy 99.7 FM.